Hey everyone, what is going on? It's Wilson and you're listening to Beyond the Growth. Beyond the Growth is a podcast where I interview entrepreneurs about their struggles, their failures, how they overcome these obstacles, and pretty much their life goals and journey. So it's not your typical podcast where uh, somebody talks about how they grew to 500,000 user subscribers in two days. None of that, none of that how I grew to $20 million in revenue, none of those stuff. Just deep down conversations about life struggles, what entrepreneurs deal with on a day-to-day basis, how they overcome stress, and what they are trying to achieve, what are they fighting for. In this episode, I interview Sherman from Good Audience. Good Audience is an outsourced social media management company. Uh, They were part of Techstars, and it's an amazing journey. Sherman, he went through Techstars, uh, he had to kick out a co-founder, He failed to raise money after having investors that were committed, and he pretty much went in depression mode. In this interview, you will listen to exactly how he overcame it, all the support that he received from his family, and what is he fighting for on a day-to-day basis. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at WilsonPang8, and let's get this interview started. Hey, what's up, Wilson? Thanks so much for having me. I- I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, doing pretty good. So uh, I want to start off by asking you a very simple question that uh, just kind of came to my mind. Uh, what do you hustle for? Since, I mean, you're a co-founder of uh, Good Audience and you guys are doing really well right now. But what gets you up in the morning? What gets you like moving? You know, what, What's the hustle about? Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, you reach a point like, you know, when you you get cash flow positive and, and you know, you're able to kind of pay yourself and then you realize like, well, it's not really even about the money anymore, right? Cuz you know, you're able to give yourself a salary. Um uh, you're, you're working on a business and things are starting to work and, and you start to realize it's really not about you anymore. It's about your customers, uh, the people that you're helping on a daily basis and uh, you know whatever value that you're, you're providing to them. For us, like we really help uh, uh, small business, small medium-sized businesses grow their social media marketing. They, they have no idea how to do this stuff and it has a big impact on their business when it works right. Right. Um, so that's the that's the reason we, we kind of do this, and and secondly, you know, besides the customers, it's about building this team. Like, there's we have we're, we're six people now. Uh, we're fully remote and distributed. Uh, I'm in San Francisco. My, my co-founder is in LA. Uh, we have two employees in Boston, one in Berkeley, one in Reno. Uh, we're we're wow, building Reno. like Reno. Yeah, 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 yeah Reno. <laughs> Uh, but like we're we're building like a team of people who have the same values and who are on this mission to help other small and medium sized businesses, and it's awesome. We we had like our first like real team meeting the other day, and like it really felt like a family, and that that was like really like an amazing thing for me because like I was like wow like like this was the side benefit of building a business. Right. I mean, I guess that's the benefits of, uh, you know, running a company. Just like one of our dual hires, she was just telling me that she just had a kid and how, you know, our job pretty much changed her life because she could now put food on the table, this and that. And I guess that's pretty much what we're hustling for right now, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's an amazing thing is, is to just, you know, give back to, to like people who, 
will who are willing to like be on this journey with you like they're crazy enough to join you on this mission and, and like you know it's about feeding the family right right uh, so how do you usually get people to join this mission with you because that's the hard part right <laughs> The, the crazy thing is, like, we haven't really done much recruiting. Like, what we've done is just tell the story of, of what we've been doing, like, the struggles that we've had. And the people that who, who are, like, kind of aligned with it, they, they've reached out. Like, this is pretty crazy. Like, we've had a, a few interns reach out, and they just wanted to start working on some sort of project. Um, and, you know, I, I tell them some things that we, we, like, we have in the pipeline. And they say, okay, that sounds interesting. And they come back like a day later and they said, hey, I, I just wrote this script that does exactly what you kind of wanted to do. I'm like, oh, that's, that's, that's kind of cool. You, I mean, you, like, you, you just did that. Like you're not getting paid anything and, and you put in some work. Like, uh, okay, sure, let, let's, let's do this. I guess you hired yourself. <laughs> and I guess that's a company culture right there. I mean, that's super awesome. And I'm glad that you actually brought that up because uh, one of the reasons why I'm starting this podcast over GrowFunding, which I was doing before, is I wanted to really dive into like an entrepreneur struggle. You know, it's not about how do you get to cash flow positive? How do you get to 500,000 email subscribers? But more like, what about the journey that they went through? You know, what about all the emotional breaks down that they had to go through? All the struggles, all the failures, how do they deal with that? And that's one thing I really wanted to kind of dive into with you as well. So I noticed that, I mean, one of the things that attracted me the most about your audience is the awesome content. We're not talking about those type of content where 10 ways to growth hack to a million users. We're talking about content that's, you know, that really affects people. For example, the article that I'm looking at right now is how I got into tech stars, was almost kicked out, and fought to stay in. I mean, that's amazing. It's like an uphill battle. Can you tell us a little bit about you know how good audience got started and about this tech star journey? Yeah, yeah. So the crazy thing is like that that was just a small blip in like the grand scheme of the company, but those were like pretty big hurdles in, in the beginning. Um, so yeah, good audience started completely by accident. My, my wife was designing t-shirts, like Justin Bieber style t-shirts, and she, she wanted to sell them. And, and, you know, I, I hopped on, like, you know, I, you know, I've had social media marketing experience. And what I did was, was uh, you know, followed like 50,000 teenagers and ended up selling uh, $3,000 worth of merchandise. And we, we realized something pretty quickly, like, wow, there's so many businesses, like, you know, other, other small business owners who don't have this resource. Um, they don't know how to do it. And they're not doing it. But if they are, they could be generating some serious sales. So that's kind of how it started. Um, you know, we created like a little prototype. It was like a complete spam tool on Twitter for just getting followers. Um, we got into tech stars with that. Um, I have no idea why they would fund such like this spammy thing. But like, you know, they saw that it actually worked, um, you know. We ended up changing the product, so we, we did almost get kicked out of the program. Um, well, that was I before think, you pivoted, right? You, I mean, uh, you almost got kicked out before you pivoted because, according to the blog post, it was because of a co-founder issue. Uh, is that correct? Yep, yep. So one of the the, the, the co-founders um, embezzled some some money, okay. and we we had to terminate him, and you know we. we 
was just the, the decision. I mean, it wasn't even a decision. It was just something that we had to do. It was really hard, actually, to, to get this kind of done quickly. Uh, it, it took about a, a week. Um, our investors, uh, tech stars, they, they were pretty, they weren't happy about that, um, obviously. And, you know, we had this spam product uh, that was, that none of the, uh, the Techstars mentors were a fan of. And um, additionally, I was going to have a baby pretty soon, like in the middle of the, the program. Um, so all, we had all these things going against us. And, you know, they, they had, they, you know, they posed the question. They're like, well, what do you think if you know you just accepted that life sometimes gives you a, a bum hand and you know, kind of call it quits and return the money? And we were like, well, no. Why would we do that? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but was we, there we any can't... moment at all during that time where you said to yourself, maybe I should give up? You know, because I mean, oh. like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you had a lot of shit going on, right? You had a kid coming. You, you're losing a co-founder, your product is probably not gaining the traction that it wants, and you have these tech star mentors kind of hounding down on you. Was there a type where you're just like so stressful, you're telling yourself, you know, maybe this isn't for me? Right? Oh, definitely, definitely. And that was a, a very big internal struggle. Like, right, I, I have these, I, I remember this very vividly, like, you know, right in the middle of this situation, um, I was up late at night, um, probably Skyping with my wife. She, she was in San Francisco at the time, and I was in London. And I was like, well, I think I'm, I'm going to come home. And she, and she said, what are you talking about? Like, why would you come home? This is what you've worked really, really hard for for you know the past however many years. Um, this is what you wanted. You, you finally got a, a business funded. Um, you should really stay. So that was what kind of uh, motivated you to continue doing it, right? Because of your wife, pretty much. Yeah, like she, like just having that support system, like being there for me, like that, that completely made me fight through all of the pain, all of the struggles, and 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 like build a real business. Right, and this is a long journey. It's a very long journey. That's something that entrepreneurs don't take into account a lot of times is they think it's overnight success, right? Uh, nobody yeah. knows the stress that we went through or the you know the sleepless nights that we've been up just trying to hound down people, you know, close on those deals. Nobody sees that. And of course, I mean, during your time, I guess it was very difficult, especially when your wife is located in uh, San Francisco while you were here, right? Uh, I mean, while you, while you were in London, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So, so, I mean, after that, I guess even what's even more difficult at that point is kind of telling the co-founder that, hey, you did something wrong, you have to go, right? Um, you know, we were supposed to ride through this journey together, but things didn't work out. How did that go? Um, it did not go well. I mean, like, obviously, the relationship uh, is no longer there. <laughs> and, it, and it was someone that I, I knew since, like, kindergarten wow. um are you guys friends now no no okay. okay do you think it's worth it well i mean like it was someone that abused my trust in a, a very very bad way um 
you know, like we were in on this business together and they decided to make a, a decision that was not aligned with our goals. So like, I mean, it was hard, but that's what needed to be done. Right. I mean, and I guess that's also very difficult because when it comes to, you know, doing business, it's very, very hard to, I mean, a lot of people say it. I try to say it too, by saying that business is business, personal life is personal life, right? But it's very, very hard to actually keep that gap. Yeah. And I mean, you're like the perfect example with your co-founder doing something that lost your trust. And it seems like because of a business or could be just a single day mistake, it ruined the relationship, right? Uh, yeah. That's, that's why I wanted to ask if you think that it was actually worth it, you know, or would you write it off never having to do a good audience and have a good friend like him because you knew him since kindergarten, right? Right. Well, like in, in hindsight, like maybe this was a, a good thing because it revealed something in like a character that I, I would not want in like a friendship. Right. Perfect. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, I mean, after that, I guess you were able to recover from that and move forward. How's that process like to just tell yourself the next day, hey, I'm going to get up on my bed, I'm going to hustle, I'm going to do this for my wife, and I'm going to make it. How hard was that? And well, when you, when you actually, you know, making the decision was, was pretty hard, like to decide that you're going to keep going and push through and fix like this mess. Like we, we cleaned up the mess pretty quickly within a week, like, uh, like in terms of doing all the legal paperwork and then getting all the buy-in from our, our investors. Um, we cleaned that up pretty quickly in a week, but you know, it was easy because once you decide to do it and once we were really vulnerable about it, like we shared, like we told everyone what happened, the, the support system was huge. Um, they were there for us in, in that time of struggle. You know, everyone has been entrepreneurs before. Um, they know what it's like going through their struggle. They, they, they're there to like honestly just help. And it was amazing. Right. So you don't regret moving forward. I mean, obviously you're very successful now, but uh, at that time, if you felt that like things weren't going right, you wouldn't have quit anyway, right? You just kept pushing forward and getting to pretty much where you are right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it never feels like things are going right. I mean, there's always like a million things to manage and, you know, something's always breaking. <laughs> um, like, but you, you have to keep going. It's hard. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely hard. And I know right after that, you pivoted, right? You switched from that whole machine learning Twitter thing to uh, pretty much what you guys are doing right now, which is pretty much outsourced marketing assistance, right? Yep. How was that decision? Yep. How was that decision? That, that was... Yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was a, a, a tough decision too. So uh, we had this social media tool, like you mentioned, and you know we had a few thousand users like going on this thing daily and using it. And you know, we, at, after you know, we were charging probably like ten dollars a month for this tool. <laughs> and you know, after a, a month or two, you know, people are like, "Wow, this this thing works! Like, this is cool." But I don't really have that much time to use it. Um, can you kind of just do it for us? Right. And, Initially, we were really hesitant. We're like, no, we'll, 
why don't you just keep using our tool? And then they came back at us and they said, no, Sherman, like, I don't think you understand. We, we have more money to pay you if you just run the accounts like for us, like, you know, it, it, like just get us the same results that we'd have gotten if you used our, like, if we, like if we use the tool on our own. And then like, once we realized that, like the decision to pivot was really easy. Okay, that's pretty cool. So it wasn't like a hard pivot kind of thing where, where you and your co-founder went like, okay, this is not working out. Maybe we just have to do something that we're still familiar with, but in a sense, pivot. It wasn't like that. It was more like, uh, this is what our audience wants, what our customers wants, and let's build towards it. Yeah, exactly. We were really lucky to be like to have that type of relationship with our customers where they, they were honest with us and they told us exactly what they wanted instead and i think we were really lucky enough to to hear them as well gotcha gotcha so listening to your customers is definitely important then <laughs> how, yeah how many yeah. of the customers actually <laughs> stopped using your tool and went on to uh you know doing with what you're doing right now um well, we only have fifty-three customers, but like you know, the the like that that same market, the majority of the customers that the market that was using those social media tools are, are not customers now. Like maybe like only the handful from those those days uh, ended up being like a, a customer. Gotcha, gotcha. And I'm pretty sure those are the loyal ones that stay forever. Then. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> Definitely. So right after that, I guess after you pivot, you went and raised money, or was that before the pivot? Yeah, we did go and try to raise money after we pivoted. After you pivoted. And that was yeah. the struggle that you always talk about how raising money is a pain. Right. Yeah, so like, you know, when we pivoted, we we had a lot of momentum. Like we were, we grew like from essentially from 0 to $10,000 and probably like 2 or 3 months or something like that. Wow. Um and you know, we, we went, we said, we were like, okay, this, this makes sense. Like we should probably raise some money and, and really go for it. And so we, we, we did that. We had $600,000 committed and the, the round completely collapsed when a VC backed out. Wow. So the leading VC backed out, right? Right. They were going to put in like half the round. Right. And what happens at that moment when he backs out? Does he email you and goes like, hey, Sherman, this is not what I wanted to do, even though I said I was committed? And like, what, what happened? Yeah, it, basically, I, I got an email that, that said we're no longer interested, and in, in, you know these are the, the three reasons why. Um, and, you know... That, that was that was fine. I understand. Like you know, sometimes things just don't work out. You change your mind. Uh, but the crazy thing that happened was, you know, it was a domino effect. So we obviously we had to let everyone else know who had committed that they were going to back out, yeah. and a, a bunch of people kept just falling out. Wow! Like one by one, one by one, just drifting away. Yeah. So that must have yeah. been the yeah. most painful thing you could have been through, right? At that time. Yeah. The, the, like. I, you know, I was, I crawled, like, you know, I'm in bed, like, just, like, you know, balled up like a, a baby and just wanted to cry. And I didn't want to get up in the morning. It was, it was definitely very depressing to have a failed fundraising, like, um, or going through it is, is very stressful. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can definitely see 
why you wanted to follow up. I bet you were scared to read emails as well, right? At that point. <laughs> you nailed that like completely. Like you know, in the morning, I was just like, "Oh no, I don't want to read." Like, I'm, like I, I know, I feel like I'm gonna get in trouble. You know, like when you're in, in like, going through school, you you get like detention or whatever. Like that's that's what I felt like. Covering your eyes, right? Like I don't want to see that yeah. next email. I really don't want to yeah. see it. You know. Yeah. Um, hopefully, it's a is a newsletter. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. So I mean, during that part, obviously, it's very depressing. And at that time, did you have people working under you already? Was it a team of six, or was it just you and your co-founder? Um, I think it was just three of us. It was me, Carl, and Kate at that time. And it's definitely like those two are probably looking up to you, right? You're responsible for them. You're the CEO. And that's your task to fundraise. You weren't able yeah. to do it. So it was a hard hit, very, very hard hit. How do you get over that? Um, <laughs> it wasn't easy to get over, actually. So we realized like pretty quickly that you know, when this round was going to collapse, that we either we could either find new investors and kind of start over, or we could actually grow the business and and not need any more money. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we actually ended up just closing, um, you know, a, a small angel round, a total of one hundred eighty-two thousand, and um, we, we just said, all right, let's let's do this. Let's take what we have and focus. And so, with that money, um, I think we, we grew to we're about like twenty two thousand right now, right, right. a I, month. Uh, yeah. And sometimes, yeah. I mean, I'm just always wondering what what I'm really trying to get into is what makes you continue moving forward. You know what I mean? Because that's the hardest part. You know, we can hear stories about people every single day talk about how they slept in their car or they listened to that and they were, and then they become like multi millionaires. But what is that, you know, push that moves them forward? And I just want to know what is that push that moves you forward and moved you out of that depression and pretty much push you to where you are right now, which you guys are doing really well. Yeah, yeah. So the the way like my co-founder Carl and I looked at it, like when we we're going through that situation, we looked at what was the worst thing that could happen. Um, you know, let's say you know we get no money in and we get no new customers in. Uh, what, what would happen? Uh, well, well, actually. It, the worst thing that happened is that we would have to go and find a, a job somewhere. Like, you know, but then we're like, well, okay, so that's 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 an easy solution. Like, we're not going to starve at all. You know, we're going to be able to feed our families no matter what. Um, so once we removed that fear, uh, like we're like, okay, so let's remind ourselves why we're doing this. What mission are we on? Like, why are we out there building this company? And and and. For me personally, like I, I do it for my my family. Like um, at this point, like we're, we like you know they're they're fed. Um, you know, I just want to make a mark on, on the world um, and for my family to to understand like this is what it takes. If like if you want to be successful in life and in, in business and in, in anything that you do, it, it's 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 a grind. Um, you don't get anything handed to you. And if if there's just one thing that that uh, that could come out of this, and I would just want my daughter to to take that life lesson and, and apply it to her, her own life. Yeah, I'm pretty sure 20 years down the line, when she's at 20 years old, and she listens back to this podcast, 
should be like, my dad made the right choice, man. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I hope and so. my dad did it for me, right? So I guess that's what you're fighting for. You're fighting for your family. You're fighting for your daughter. And that's what's making you push forward. As long as you know that they're safe, that they're, they're going to be okay, they're going to be fed, you don't care. And you know that you're, you can continue chasing your dream. Yeah, and uh, that goes the same for the good audience family as well. You know, like I, I want to make sure everyone's, you know, everyone on the team is fed and their family is fed. Right, and they're fed right now, right? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so, so, what is your biggest fear outside the family thing right now? Like for good audience in general, what is your biggest fear? Um, I guess the the the, the biggest. Well, well, I wouldn't say it's a fear. It's just this this thing that, that I cannot stop thinking about is figuring out how to just keep growing it. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we use uh, Inspire Beats for sales right now uh, for lead gen, and um, you know, we're doing content marketing, we're doing social media marketing, uh, we're hiring like a marketing intern. Like, what what more channels can we keep hitting to get our name out there? Um, that's that's what I worry about most, and and finding the right people who who can help with that stuff because like I I am like completely maxed out in hours of the day that I can do this stuff on my own and it's just finding other smart people who are, are down for the journey right I mean that's a good problem to have though. you know growth is a yeah. good problem <laughs> when, when you have the ability to keep testing new channels it means you guys are doing well right in the beginning when we started Inspire Beats it was all hustle outbound 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 right like middle of the night mm -hmm. wake up check your phone to see if there's an email reply and then reply to email go back to sleep and then wake up again like 15 minutes later right like that was no room for trying anything new when you get to a certain revenue point you know then you can start doing that and start trying new stuff like recently we've been trying ads uh i don't know if it's working too well but i guess like there's all these little things i just want to keep trying right like we stopped doing it and then we decided to go back to it again uh mm -hmm. we're like okay well let's try again maybe we're better at it now it's just one of those entrepreneur itches yeah so it's not that great. But yeah. Anyway, yeah, so I, hear you. Um, I also know that you guys went transparent, 100% transparent with bear metrics. Right? Yeah. Why do you decide to do that? The, the biggest reason was this is also associated with uh, the fundraising thing was like in the middle of the fundraising, our growth like completely flatlined for three months. Um, it even dropped a little bit. Like, you know, we, I think during the fundraising process, I think we got up to like 12,000. And then after the end of it, we dropped all the way down to 10,000. Um, so the, the, so like the, we look back and, and we figured out why that kind of happened. One was like you know we were, we were we never held ourselves accountable to just that that metric, like having that MRR and like making sure that we continually increase it. Because you know we were three people, um, it was very easy to kind of hide under the rug when things weren't going, or, or looking other, looking the other way when things weren't going well. So we knew that we couldn't ever let that happen again for such a long period of time of having a flat line growth. So we we, we thought that like being open about it would put us like. By being by putting us out there, everyone in the world would hold us accountable because it's a public number. Yeah, but that's very um, scary, it, though, don't you think? Let's say today you get up to eighty k MRR, and that's like you know one mil ARR, right? You guys surpass that point, 
and out of nowhere you wake up and customers are just leaving you like no tomorrow and you drop to like 50. Isn't that scary? I mean, would, would you be rolling back into a ball again? You know what I mean? I probably, I probably would. I mean, that, that does sound like a, a really scary thing, but whether it's public or not, we'd have to fix that problem. Gotcha. gotcha. So you think of it as not so much of, because cause the way I think of it when, when you put it to that point is more like uh, a, like a boss breathing on my neck. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like watching over me like, hey, you know, I got maybe, I don't know how many people visit that site, but like whoever amount of people is visiting Bear Metrics are looking down on us right now saying that we're watching you grow. You know, if you're growing down, people will go be like, what happened, what happened? It's kind of like having somebody breathe on your neck and that applies a lot of pressure to founders like us. Don't you think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, another reason that we did it was, you know, we we went with the failed fundraising. We don't have like a, a board of directors um, who who would have been breathing down our necks. Right. Uh, so we wanted to have something to apply pressure to us if things weren't going right. Right. So going back to that, uh, the fundraising part. If you were to do it again from scratch. Good audience starting at zero MR right now. Would you fundraise? I, I actually would not. Um, I would wait to a point where we're really comfortable in the business. Um, you know, like just just because, like you know, like the way the angel investors looked at us, like even with like ten thousand MRR, um, they didn't take a, the business very seriously. They're like, okay, this is a small thing. Like, let's do the, you know, it's just an experiment for them. They they feel like you know, like like they're giving us some money so that we can just still experiment. Um, if I, if I were to do it again, like I would try to bring it up to like 40, 50, 60, 70, 80k MRR, like. Like, like the thing with SaaS, like I find really amazing is once you have some momentum and, you know, your customers are, are essentially your investors, you can do anything that you want um, as opposed to, you know, raising from a VC where they want you to spend your cash as quick as possible, like staffing up. Like our, like our plan, if we had raised money, was to staff up to like 13 people or something like that. Um, we're, we mean, we're now six, but like yeah, we are actually <laughs> – but we're making hires based on actual need rather than just having VC money in the bank. Um, so I, I definitely have no regrets on, on the path that, has, that we've taken, and I would do it again. Definitely. Hey, that's awesome, dude. I feel you on that one. I definitely do. Uh, I mean, I guess like the most important thing that I take out of being an entrepreneur is having that freedom, right? Without somebody breathing on my neck. Like, I'm going to Bangkok in a few days. I can do that. I don't have to <laughs> and say, hey, let me put together a keynote for that whatever investor about how we grow, you know. And then when I'm traveling, obviously, I can't grow as quick, right? So, you know, like, I don't want to have that type of pressure. And that's why I don't believe in, in raising too much money. I mean, unless it gets to that point, exactly what you said, where you're already doing so well that people just come at you, right? Then that's a different game, you know. Well, what do you think is the future for good audience? 
Yeah, 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 totally. So, like, the, the way we look at it is, you know, it's not just about social media. We're actually building this workforce of really talented people who understand marketing. Um, you know, uh, and, and they understand both marketing and social media, which is very, very rare. Because you have, like, a segment of people that probably understand one or the other, but to be able to apply them both together to accelerate your business is, is pretty pretty rare. And for that to get, like, for a company to hire someone that like that is even harder. Um, there's not that many, like, really good social media managers out there. So, like, we're just going to continue to give this power to people that, could not have accessed it before. No, and what's really powerful about Good Audience, I mean, not to advertise you guys, is that you know how like tools, like Twitter tools, they can die, right? API can change, and then you're fucked, right? Yeah, uh, I'm sure that happened to you guys. Uh, or oh yeah, or, or one day oh, yeah. Twitter dies, right? I mean, Twitter probably won't die, but it's getting more and more spammy. Uh, but let's say you know it's filled with bots, people stop using it, they move on to some new thing. You guys as a service can continue to pivot towards that and provide more value to these owners and you know telling them hey rest assured nothing's gonna go wrong if twitter dies we'll move on to the next thing for you right that's what yeah. you're able to do yeah and plus you're like what a fraction of a social media manager costs which is pretty good in my opinion <laughs> right. oh yeah oh yeah perfect man perfect well anyways man it was really nice talking to you um, tell the audience where they can find you at. Uh, yeah, you can find me on, on Twitter. Uh, I'm, I'm Sherman with an 8, S-H-E-R-M-8-N. Email me um, if you ever have any questions or if you ever want to reach out, Sherman at goodaudience.com. And you know, obviously, you can check out the website at, at www.goodaudience.com. Right. I, I always thought it was goodaudience.co for some reason. Huh, that's pretty weird. But it's been com all along, right? Dot com all along. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just tripping then. Well, anyways, thank you for uh, doing this, Sherman. Um, thank you a lot, and I'll talk to you soon, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Wilson. Yeah.